everyone. Welcome to the Culture of Truth. This is a podcast that reviews the truth of God's Word and discusses the influence it has on our lives and worldview. My name is Jeff Amstutz, and today I've got with me my friend Will Hawkins. Hey, everyone. We study scripture to understand what it says, grow our understanding of God through it, and ultimately change the way we live our lives in obedience. In this episode, we are back in systematic theology to discuss God's communicable attribute of his wisdom. But before we dive into our discussion, let's check in. Will, how has God been working in your life since last episode? The way God's been working in my life since last episode is I feel like he's been increasing what we're talking about, increasing me in wisdom, uh, applying my, applying the knowledge that I've been obtaining in him uh, and just the world, right? And how I live. Uh, but yeah, applying that and, and growing in that wisdom and his wisdom. Um, I've seen him put me in situations this year so far where I've been able to handle situations that otherwise I would have not been able to handle in my own strength. And the only reason why I've been able to do that is because he's increasing the wisdom inside of me. Yeah, man. Very timely for today, for mm-hmm. sure. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, I'd say that a lot of aspects of my life uh, are going well. So it's not like I'm like kicking back and not doing anything, but ministry wise, my job wise, relationship with my wife, uh, with, with friends, uh, our small group, everything uh, is, is, has my heart very full of joy of what God's doing in those. And so I, I just have praise for what's going on in my life. And so I'm, I'm, Excited to see God continue to move in all of those things I mentioned. There's so much I could talk about, but just to be brief, I'll say it's a a season of blessing as I run the race. So mm. there's keep uh, on running. Yeah, I sense some just gratefulness. Yeah, yeah, man. I I feel like I'm in that same boat right now. Yeah, man. You just kind of there's moments throughout through my after a devotional that I do. It's I've been going through a devotional about contentment. Yeah, I was going to say contentment's the right word for it. Yeah, and part of it's like there's some reflection at the end of it, and they say, you know, think, sit here and think about all the things that you're grateful for, all the things that God has been doing in your life, which then produces gratefulness. So yeah. a thankful, a thankfulness list, essentially. And I did it, and I was just like starting to tear up, and I think a little baby tear came down. I was just like, God is good. Yeah. Um, there's so many good things. I'm blessed. So Yeah, love it, love it. Well, awesome, dude. Let's uh, let's get into it. So we're looking at uh, chapter twelve of systematic theology. We're in the mental attributes, and today we're looking at attribute number four, which is wisdom. Will, could you like give us the definition, then a quick rundown of what Grudem says? Of course. So Wayne Grudem's definition in his book is God's wisdom is defined by the defined in this way. God's wisdom means that God always chooses the best goals and the best means to those goals. So in other words, God's decisions about what he will do are always wise decisions. And in other words, they always bring about the best results from God's perspective and they will bring about those results through the best possible means. Yeah. Uh, And so what we're going to be going through today, taking a look at a lot of what he's put into the book into his book, into this chapter, uh, he talks about wisdom in scripture and we find different, different places that God is wise throughout scripture, um, in relation to creation, uh, the church redemption and individual lives. Um, and then 
yeah, mostly those those things, but obviously some other areas if we we get into them. But those are some of the big ones that Wayne Grudem highlights, um, and some of the two two verses that I just want to highlight real quick before um, the only wise God from Romans sixteen twenty seven, and then Job nine four. God is wise at heart, so just laying the foundation that God is wisdom. Uh, God is wise at heart, and we're gonna we're gonna go from there. Yeah, it's probably good for us to also take a look at what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Yeah, definitely. Because these are things that go together, but knowledge is literally knowing. So being aware of something of comprehending a concept or, Mm. uh, yeah, just awareness and, and comprehension. And then wisdom, what would you say that is? I would say wisdom is what you do with that knowledge and how you do it. So that's what he's talking about is like the best, the best outcome uh, and the best means. So the, the best possible means. So the way that you do you, the way that you get to those outcomes. Yeah. That's spot on. And that's how we can, we can find people in the world who are really wise, who aren't Nobel prize winners. Mm. And we can find people who are brilliant, high IQ people who are just fools. Yeah. And, and that, that's actually a good segue into uh, kind of our first point we wanted to talk about, which is how is this attribute uh, community uh, about how is this attribute communicated to us or how is it imparted to us? Like what, what do we share with God in his wisdom? How we share in, in wisdom from a, from a biblical standpoint is he, he's the one that gives us wisdom. He is the source of wisdom. So for the Christian, for the believer in, in Christ, we can, when there are situations in life where we need something or we, we need clarity on a situation on how to handle, you know, decision on the left, decision on the right, two things, we can, the scripture says that we can confidently go to him and ask for wisdom. Yeah. So he imparts that wisdom for us to then be able to make the right decisions. Yeah. And, and that's something Christ does. Mm-hmm. And what does, what does Christ do? He goes to the father, uh, when, in crisis, Jesus praying is crazy. Uh, not crazy, like nuts, like (laughs) he shouldn't have. It's crazy to think about that, that God himself would seek like, like Jesus who is fully God and fully man would seek the father to gain wisdom. Uh, I think it's in Luke where it talks about, he, he increased in wisdom, uh, as he went to temple and talked to rabbis and stuff like that. And, just the, the whole point being is that that's something we get to share in because of Christ indwelling human flesh. So mm-hmm. like we get to share in that in one aspect and the other, um, like you said, he imparts knowledge to us that comes from him reminded me of epistemology that, a uh, fun word from the first week of ASDP, the Austin stone development program, which is, uh, our study of systematic theology at church. And that first week ep- epistemology is the study of the nature of knowledge. You know, so uh, we got we to go and talk about there's the doctrine of discovery and doctrine of revelation. Right. So discovery is when someone believes that uh, information about the world is basically created by man. Not that man created the world, but rather understanding comes through us, like, you know, trying to figure it out. Mm. And the doctrine of revelation says God's the one who lets your brain figure something out. Like the only reason you know anything is yep. because God let let that be revealed to you. Yep. And I think that's a, a really cool thing with wisdom is 
when we think about knowing something and then like, what do I do? Like wisdom from above that we ask for from in like, we think about James one where it says, if you don't know what to do, ask and he will graciously give you wisdom Yep, is God's the one that will say, I know how to, I know how you should handle the situation and I'm going to reveal that to you hmm. such that you can do it. Otherwise you'll just suffer in ignorance. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, one of the scriptures that stands out to me is the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. Yeah. Um, and I know the fear of the Lord, like, there's, you know, what does that mean? Uh, I think just the desire to live in obedience, the, this, uh, righteous fear, if you will, this, this honor of the Lord, but wanting to, wanting to live in obedience of him, but out of that desire for obedience and following him and being obedient to him, there, there comes wisdom from that because part of being obedient, you'd, you'd want to get to know him more. So you're going to get into his word and from the word you gain that wisdom. Yeah. And that, <laughs> the, the, the chief end, like, well, what would you say is the chief end of God in creation? Why did he create uh, his glory? That's right. That's yeah. right. And so what we fear, I think actually is exactly what biblical godly wisdom is. So if God created everything to glorify himself, then we should do nothing. Like wisdom then is defined as things that glorify God. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think to that, to that end, part of the reason why, and I love it because you, you mentioned last episode when you mentioned knowledge, you said the reason why he's giving, he allows us to uh, partake in some of this knowledge, right? Not all of his knowledge because he is all knowing, but some of it yeah. we get to share in that is so that way we can have a relationship with him. Yeah. What I think is beautiful about wisdom is that he, he allows us to have some aspect of his wisdom or just wisdom. Um, yeah. Wisdom that comes from him, but that builds us up um, and allows us to be more like Jesus, more like Christ, which glorifies God. Yeah. And so I feel like just like how knowledge is given to us um, for a specific reason and allows that relationship, the wisdom allows a relationship in the sense of um, it allows others to also, it allows us to be closer to God and have a relationship to God as well, similar to knowledge. But um, in the end, it also glorifies him because it looks a lot different than wor the worldly wisdom that we'll, that we'll see. So it sets us apart, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I want to read James one. I kind of alluded to it and summarized it in my own words earlier, but it just, it's worded so well. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach mm -hmm. and it will be given to him. Like th exactly that relationship you were talking about, Will, yep. he, he wants to relate with you. <laughs> it's not, it's not a God who demands something first uh, for those who are in Christ. You know, he, he demands righteousness and we were freely given that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. But like, I, I want to go a little bit on the tangent of you talking about fear yeah. because I, I think it's actually a great way to clearly understand the gospel in mm -hmm. terms of God's wisdom and what, what is actually wise and what's not. So I'll ask you to see if, if you can guess what's in my brain. Okay. Um, if you don't fear God, what does everyone fear? Man comes up first. Um, fear of man, maybe. I have a theory. Fear, fear of not knowing enough, fear of not obtaining enough knowledge. Yeah. 
I could see that. But I think there's a deeper root to all of those that connects them. My theory uh, is that, and I haven't done a systematic study on this. That's why I call it a theory. But I think it's it, it's justifiable, and I think it's it's what Scripture teaches that everyone fears death. Why do you fear not knowing something? Why do you fear man? Oh, because fear of the because unknown. if you because if you die, then what was the point? It's it's basically if you are not going to live forever, then you better make the best of this life. Mm. So now people are scary, and now like my life achievement is scary. My family, everything has to be perfect in this one life because I only had one go. But as soon as you say, "I'm going to live forever in heaven." Mm-hmm. Now I don't have to fear any of those things because yeah. even if you take my life away from me, the one thing that makes all those other things you mentioned matter, it won't matter because I'll have eternity with Christ anyway. Yeah. So the, the, the wisdom that I see that it to clearly state the gospel, the gospel is when you define wisdom as worship God, instead of worshiping things that are temporary, then you literally are experiencing salvation. This isn't just mm-hmm. that you will be saved. This is that you get to experience some form of salvation now. You know, with our check-ins, you're just saying like peace and contentment. No one's ever content if you fear death because your life can always try to be bigger and larger and have more money and have a better relationship mm-hmm. or better status in life, right? Right. Yeah. Fear, fearing God instead of your own death is the gospel. Mm. It is great news. Yeah, the best news. Gosh, I feel like that leads to, which I think wisdom, part of wisdom is humility. I think that's a big word to kind of highlight here too. Um, I mean, there's Proverbs 11.2, and then I think James 3.13 kind of touch on this, but um, the possession of wisdom from God will result in a few things. This was what uh, Grudem says, but not in pride, but in humility, which are come from those scriptures I just mentioned. Not in arrogance, but in a gentle and peaceful spirit. James 3, 14 through 18. Yeah. And then the person who is wise according to God's standards will continually walk in dependence on the Lord and will with, and with a desire to glorify him. Yeah. The, the, the humility being my life is way less in my control and way less important than I like to believe it is. Exactly. That's humility. And then that, that turns into genuine worship because then what else do you have left? Only Christ. Wisdom leads to worship. I think it's proper worship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. And now I know you were, you had pulled a scripture that kind of touched on worship when it's misplaced. Mm. Um, Oh yeah. Wisdom. I was, I was thinking about about before we recorded. Why don't you read that? Yeah. Yeah. So Romans one is uh, a nice fun passage where Paul talks about how there's so much gross sin in the world. And uh, right after he talks about, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel. So us talking about like you understanding how wisdom is worship God, because that's his chief end in creating you in the first place. He's like, I'm not ashamed of that. Cause that's how people are saved. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And then he just starts in Romans one, starting in verse 18, starts going on a reminder for the people who are in the church in Rome that sin is deep and sin is everywhere. And I just, there's a, a passage or a section here, 21 through 23 and I'll read. And so Paul's talking about sinners, people who are, who do not worship God. He says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and foolish and their foolish hearts were darkened. 
Here's the key two verses. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. That key, that key phrase on 22, claiming to be, to be wise, they became fools, is all about the definition of what is wise. Because people think they're wise when they're like, I can live without God. I do not need Christ. Look at how wise I am. And God just shakes his head. In, in that scenario where they're saying they considered themselves wise, but they're really fools, mm-hmm. what, what do you think their definition of wisdom was? Or is well, it's it's maximize your own life. It kind of uh, dovetails into if if you are not going to live forever because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, this one life you have now is suddenly way more important to you than it should be, and so um, your your status, your you know the country you live in, the uh, m- amount of money you have, um, if people like you or not, all the idols, just name all the idols and all the sins you could think of. They all process through you making something more important than God. Why? Because, you know, what's the point of your life if that, if you don't get to experience this life to its, its, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sinful fullest, I'll say, because you were making it all about you yeah. instead of about God. And, and I know there are so many people out there that actually reject I'll say quote unquote religion or God or relationship with God. And they feel like they don't need him, that they they're on this quest for knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, they, they might go to the Bible, but they're also going to go to the Quran. They're going to go to all these other, all these other, all these other books, right. For, of, of different faiths or different yeah. religions. Yeah. Trying to seek kind of like a universal truth or whatever, yeah. you know, um, that's just interesting to me. Like they they end up valuing their own pursuit of knowledge, their own discovery. Like you mentioned earlier. Um, well, and, and I to to be a little bit uh, to push on that a little bit. I think there's a good root or, that comes from a place that isn't inherently sinful. It's just mm-hmm. stained with sin. What I mean by that is God wants you to pursue Him. So it's it's not the fact there's a pursuit that's bad. So if you're a listener out there and you're like, but I really want to figure this stuff out. That's a good impulse. Like yeah. do that. What we're establishing though, is when you are pursuing things apart from God, you're just going to find emptiness. You're going to find uh, a lack of joy. You might find some temporary happiness mm-hmm. occasionally, but you will not find deep contentment and joy that lasts literally forever in eternity in heaven. When you do, when you are aiming this pursuit of knowledge at things that don't worship God. Right. And there's a lot of, it's, you know, studying creation, like if you're a scientist, like I'm a computer scientist. So I study computation and try to make machines do things. I can do that to the glory of God. I could also do that not to the glory of God. It's basically a, an amoral thing. But what we're establishing is if I were to wisely be a computer programmer, I would be figuring out how can I make this cool job I have and this really interesting work I get to do. How can I glorify God with that? That makes it a wise use of my time. Hmm. But if I, if I, if that job distracts me from uh, loving the church, from loving my spouse, from um, preaching the uh, or teaching and preaching the word uh, to people that I come in contact with my own self-obedience, if, if it gets in the way of any of those things, it now becomes something that's unwise. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thanks for clarifying 
that because that's that's what I was essentially getting to. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Something something interesting, I think, along the same lines that you just talked about that I heard in Grudem's podcast where he, he actually kind of lectures about, about the topic. Uh, he says, any human activity that requires skill and planning is a form of manifesting God's wisdom. Hmm. What do you think about that? It's interesting. Well, I, I would I would go on the the train of thought of wisdom. The more things that you can partake in, that you can say, God, I want to worship you with this. That's good. Because so if you could do if if you like can't do anything because like you're a dead body, you know, it's like you're not breathing. Well, you can't worship. You know, it, it, yeah. it's an extreme, but it's trying to make a point. So like the more things that you can experience in creation that facilitate opportunities to worship and be grateful and to declare the glory of God through those are now like that. That's even more. That's a very wise thing to do. Yeah. To exploit those things. I want to, I want to kind of push into that because you mentioned, well, I guess my question is how can you be, if you're not explicitly working for the church or for a ministry as a computer scientist, how do you then glorify God with your work? Oh man. (laughs) <laughs> in, in in wisdom, right? I mean, that's what we're talking well, about. Well, I, I I'm still figuring that out yeah. because, like, do you have to work for a church to do that? Yeah, you know, I, to use the gift that God's saying, right? A skill and planning is He's saying is a manifest of God's wisdom. Yeah. Well, I I would first there's a passage where Paul talks about, hey, I don't want to take your money. I'm like a tent maker. I'm trying to make my own way here. Uh, you keep your money. The the the, the crisis of do I need to pull a paycheck from a church? I think is completely divorced from the issue of how do I spend my time to glorify God? So yeah. all of us working to, you know, support ourselves, our families, and then have that overflow and support other people around us by being generous. Like that's a, that's a good thing. You know, it's timely for the series at the Austin stone on God and money, Love which, it. uh, started in late January. You can go on YouTube and watch all those sermons Their The first one was great. Uh, but the, the point being that if you, you know, I'm a lay person at church, so I'm a deacon that's at the South congregation of Austin stone. And so I try to serve to the best of my ability with all of the capacity that I have. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I don't pull a paycheck from the Austin stone, I think is irrelevant to whether or not I'm being wise with my time and my resources. Yeah, that's good, man. I appreciate that. Um, I want to get into how this impacts us. Like, what's what are some applications of and implications of wisdom in our life? Yeah, man. I, I'd say for me, God's wisdom is what helps me stay centered in filtering, you know, all those other voices of what is wise. Like you were saying, mm, you know, I the world, that. the world shouting all kinds of wisdom at us, like. Yeah. Like self-help, time management, fitness, diet oh things, gosh. like I mean, all that, all that stuff. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. Link, AKA LinkedIn <laughs> and Instagram, uh, on all the social media platforms. The, the thing I'm trying to say is all of those are amoral until I latch on to the end goal of those people throwing that stuff at me. If I, if I latch on to those not being acts of worship for me that's when it becomes a problem so if i think oh i can figure out if if i, if I basically try to believe that there's some self-help thing out there that can make me not rely on christ or not rely on god 
in my prayer life and how I handle my resources and my time. I just think I can just make infinite capacity in my life. Mm. Well, I have been deceived and now I'm worshiping self-help and not worshiping God and depending on him. Yeah. And uh, the word efficiency came to mind right now. Like yeah. I know I was, I, I, I have a tendency to want to just streamline things and be as efficient as possible. I think there might, there that can go down a kind of toxic, unhealthy path. Yeah. Where the the healthy path, what what the health side looks like, um, or a healthy side of that looks like, is, I think it's right to say what is my capacity, yeah, and what things can I remove. I think that I God's really been helping me to be wise and how to how to spend my time, how to manage my time. Yeah, like I think the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, exactly. When, you know, with Christ is like there's a a worker given five talents and he went out and he got five more. Another worker was given three talents and he went out and got three more. No, here we're not judging the three talents, not turning, not getting five back because he was only given three. Um, The problem is, is um, when you are given that talent, I think there's the one that was given the one, he goes out and he buries it and he brings back and, you know, the um, guy gets mad at him for saying like, what, he didn't do anything? You know, the the, the whole point, uh, one of the takeaways from that for me is I want you to, God gave us everything. There's nothing you have that wasn't given from him. So if you view all of this like efficiency stuff you were just talking about, if you're saying, I want to, I want to be able to have more capacity for serving, uh, my wife, serving my boss, serving my local church, serving like people who are in need. If, if that's your your chief end, holy cow, what a greater act of worship it is for you to, to work on your own personal efficiency. What yeah. a great thing. It's a good mm-hmm. thing to honor your boss with yeah. your time and get more done. Mm-hmm. What a great thing. What a great witness. If you make it, if you are working on efficiency because you're like, I'm not happy unless I'm the best graphic designer in the world yep. and can produce all the things. Well, mm-hmm. you're going to have your, your job or you'll have your joy robbed from you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I've been there. My joy was was in my work and the approval or whatever things that I got from that, the fulfillment I got from that, but um, which caused me to work harder and harder and harder to continue yeah. that output. And I think I realized three, four years in that I was like, I can't keep doing this it, and, at this pace because yeah. I saw, I saw the negative effects of that. It affected my marriage and affected my health. Um, yeah. <laughs> Having physical consequences is helpful. It's actually God's grace to show you those things and not have it get worse. <laughs> what, totally. a, what a beautiful thing. Yeah. And my, I mean, my whole, my whole schedule, my whole rhythm of life, my whole pace of life is completely different and I have way more joy. And actually, like I just think about, it, I have way more capacity to get to know the Lord and be a student of his word and actually um, nurture and, and dedicate time and resources into um, nurturing that nurturing, yeah. um, my love for him. Yeah. And, and, and my time in the word and, and, and serving and being in community and just doing things that, that put me in proximity with him. Yeah. Like the, it, to a huge one that's underestimated in the rat race of American work culture is Sabbathing. Yeah. Is God says, take a day to stop pursuing all this stuff you're doing for work and just be with me. And it turns out your capacity can go up the other six days of the week. Totally. And, and, and we're talking about wisdom that it is wise for you. It is not just God asking you to do it because he wants you to do it. That's a, that should be reason enough. It turns out the Sabbath benefits you. 
by giving you effective rest from the other six days of the week. Mm-hmm. And so there's wisdom in saying, wow, my affection for God can be maintained better when I'm dedicating a day toward him. Yeah. That, that vertical relationship will then lead to a better, better horizontal relationship yeah. with other people. Yeah. It's just, it all adds up. And so this whole concept of wisdom impacting us, it's when we drift from God's wisdom and we start thinking other forms of wisdom even though it's sound, it can sound good. That's what's tough is like there there's people out there who say things and I'm like, that's actually not all that bad, but it's when it's like we said, not used correctly when that knowledge and we're like, Oh, I figured something out. And then is not used to worship God. It just all goes awry. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, the way I can think of some application, at least in my life is that it gives me, there, I guess there's two words, uh, confidence and peace. It gives me great confidence and a source of daily peace, knowing that God causes all the things uh, to move me, to move us towards the goal that he has in our life, which is to be made more like Christ um, mm-hmm. and therefore to bring him glory, which is what we talked about. But it gives me that confidence. It gives me that peace. Um, and I think we, co- we talked about it too, but when things happen in life, that I, that I don't have the answer for, that I have no clarity for, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of at a loss. It could even, it could be a small thing or a big thing. Yeah. Uh, but I can sit there and be like, God, I can just, I can go to him. Yeah. God, I need your help. I need your wisdom. It tells us that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Yeah. Who gives generously to all without reproach. So but- I, I can do that. I, I can confidently, because, because Christ ripped down the veil, and we have now have access to go to the throne and make requests. I can do that. I can ask him for wisdom and then trust that he's going to reveal what to do. Yeah. And, and I've and, seen him do that. But that, and that trust part's real key because if you just keep reading, we're back in James one, uh, starting verse six says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Mm. It is. It, it's just like, literally if you aren't, the wisdom is actually depend on God. Just don't think he's some genie that'll just grant you wishes. If you ask him, he actually, actually trusts that he's going to either grant you your request yeah, or show you what's what else you should do instead. Yeah. I think there's wisdom also in knowing that he may not answer your prayer, right? He may not, he may not necessarily create the outcome that you want, obviously, which I think is part of what you're saying, but there's there comes that confidence there comes that peace there comes that trust to know that he may he may not bring about the outcome that you necessarily desire but you can trust that he's going to do it for our good which then can change your desire to actually align with his right yeah and and i think of the the whole thorn in my flesh Hmm. yeah i personally have some kind of um like physical ailment with my body that i've been dealing with for a while and there's a part of me when I I was talking with some friends recently about prayer and, and I think in my devotion too, it's like, what are the things that you're not praying to God about that, that ultimately you're not believing that he can handle Mm. or that he can, he can do anything about. And part of me is just like, I'm accepting that this is probably my thorn in my flesh, this physical ailment. Um, and, and I guess part of it is, I think that where that could be sinful is thinking that, Oh, he can't, he can't heal this. He's not going to heal this. I might as well just deal with it. 
there's a, there's probably some truth that he's he may not ever do anything with it. But on the other side, I can trust in the fact that he's allowing in his wisdom, he's allowing me to have this thing for for it to ultimately shape me and to bring about humility and trust in, in him to be my provision and my joy no matter and even when I might have some kind of suffering. Yeah, if if, if you literally had no suffering if we, if we had no suffering for the rest of this life, we might actually get become deceived into think that we don't need God. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, it's, totally. it's actually like an act of, it's like a, a part of your salvation for you to consider your suffering in terms of eternity, such that when you get to eternity, you'll be like, man, this was definitely worth it. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't, the way I'm thinking about it is I don't have to understand why, mm. but I can understand and have faith that it's for my, like you said, sanctification and for yeah. my glory. For, for my my being set apart in him. Yeah. So Yeah, what what a story it is to have suffering, to have joy in Christ, regardless of that suffering, and have the world go, that doesn't make sense. How is that possible? Like that's that's miraculous. It doesn't make sense. People don't people don't suffer joyfully unless they have Christ. <laughs> oh man. That's beautiful. And you think for the Christian who believes that, that would you say that is wisdom? Yeah. It could be, it's God's chief end is for you to glorify him. And so it is wise for you to do that no matter what the circumstances. I love it, man. I, I love it. And I think I'll just close that kind of thought with Ephesians 5.1 where it says to be imitators of God. Yeah. So that that is what you're saying. But I think what what we can rest in um, as far as wisdom, that he's he's allowing us to have this wisdom and to share in this wisdom when he doesn't have to. He's all-knowing, but he's all-wise as well, right? Yeah. But he's sharing that with us so that way we can be imitators of him or like him in the sense where um, in, some, in some small way we're able to be wise and make decisions that bring about, you know, the right things. Yeah, and let's let's be real blunt here. If you're a listener and you're like, but how do I figure out what this wisdom is? It's very simple. Read the word of God. Amen. Be, do it with your local church in community. Do it and, and, and bring confession and repentance regularly to you and your community. And, and fast and pray. It's the spiritual disciplines and God will show you, will, will love to show you all of his wisdom that he has for you. I want to I want to read a few passages if I can real quick. Yeah, go for it. I might have said this already, but Romans 8:28, we know that those who love God, God works all things together for good for those who love him who are called according to his purpose. Mm, yeah. So there's that. I don't know if you have anything to say, but I'll no, keep that's going. That's great. Keep going. So then there's Psalm 49:3. My mouth, well actually let me let me go to Proverbs 2:6. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Um, and then going into seven, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Psalm 49, three, my mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. Hmm. And so to your point, and I think there are other scriptures we can pull to that, that comes from being in his word and in his scriptures. You want to hear from God? Open your Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And, And as a result of that, you will gain wisdom. Yeah. Man. Good stuff, Will. And I think that's that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for those who listened to this episode. We hope you were encouraged and equipped in truth. 
Please share this with a friend or a loved one so that others can be reminded of God's truth today. And as always, thanks for listening to the Culture of Truth podcast. See you.